Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and it is my pleasure to be with you again this week. So today we're talking about how to know when it's time to call it quits. Now, we all know sometimes relationships are rocky, but eventually the sea's calm and it's smooth sailing again. Even if the tide of emotions is running high or your relationship has actually been underwater for a while, or even if your relationship is drowning in the still waters of indifference, there still may be hope. But how can you know when to ride out the storm and when it's time to abandon ship? Today, I'm going to help you navigate your way to the calmer shores of clarity. We're going to talk about violations of relationship laws, unequal levels of commitment, lack of shared vision, intolerable traits, communication problems, fear of being alone, lack of personal growth, and even the intrusion of old scars. And I'm going to leave no stone unturned as I help you evaluate your relationship's health so you can make an informed decision as to whether to stay or end your relationship. And then later in the show, I'm going to answer the questions you submitted to me this week. So let's jump into today's topic, how to know when to call it quits. So we all know it's not uncommon for relationships to go through rocky phases, but sometimes relationships like Humpty Dumpty can't be put back back together again. So how can you know when to ride out the storm and when to break up? How can you know? And this is a really serious, serious question. So as I said, we all experience low points. It's normal. And most couples work through these times. Now, there are no formulas for deciding when to break up. There are signs to watch for. And if you experience more than a few consistently over a long period, it's probably time to move on. And just so you know, no matter how discontent you and your partner may be, It's very rare for two parties to simultaneously arrive at the same conclusion to break up. And although this can happen, it's more likely that you or your partner will hold differing perspectives of the relationship as it develops and changes. So in evaluating when to call it quits, ideally, you want to work together to come to a consensual, logical decision about the status of your relationship. And while it is best for both partners to work together on assessing the relationship, you can still evaluate your relationship on your own to see whether your relationship should have a future or not. So let's start our evaluation by talking about what I call violations of relationship laws. I actually have a chapter in my book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, on this particular concept of violating relationship laws. And I'm referring to basic requirements that have to be met in order for a relationship to survive. And whatever people think or say, if these laws are not obeyed, there is no relationship. So let me give you a rundown of what common violations of relationship laws look like. Degrading language, name-calling, sarcastic put-downs, physical abuse of the partner or the children, sexual abuse, that is partner or spousal rape, sexual abuse of the children, infidelity, unless both the partners have agreed to an open relationship or marriage, 
Now, there are many cases in which couples choose to weather cheating and renew their relationship or marriage with both working on behaviors and attitudes that may have contributed to the affair. And sometimes even there are old scars that contribute to the affair, since we have deep unconscious fantasies when we enter into a relationship that a partner will somehow magically heal the old scars that we suffered as a child. And when we discover that they are very similar to the parents who let us down, the disillusionment can lead to cheating and affairs. After months or years of rebuilding, many couples claim that they're happier than ever and grateful that they didn't call it quits at their relationship's darkest hour. So cheating is not synonymous with you have to break up. Now, another uh, category of relationship law violation is what I call illegal activities. Illegal gambling, theft, breaking and entering, and gang activity are just some of the problems that can damage a potentially healthy relationship. Then we also have alcoholism, drug abuse without an effort or willingness to stop, irresponsible spending behavior or gambling that endangers the welfare of the family or impinges on the other partner's needs, refusal to discuss and arrive at agreements regarding parental practices, refusal to work, job or housework, and equitably support the family. Systemic refusal to consider your partner or spouse's feelings and to work at understanding them. For example, that's the way it is. If you don't like it, there's the door. And if you are the object of any of the above behaviors that I mentioned, you have to put your foot down and state that they are unacceptable. A partner's systematic and repeated refusal to change is cause for separation not negotiation. And at this extreme point, couples often make one last ditch effort and schedule an an appointment with a couples therapist. But often the rigid disposition of either of the partners makes this last ditch effort dead on departure. Now, if you are the perpetrator of these violations, it's time to get your act together. Otherwise, you're going to lose your current relationship and you're not going to be able to maintain any relationships in the future. Now, beyond violations of relationship laws, what are some of the other signs that it may be time to say goodbye? Well, here's one. If one person is less committed than the other, do you want, do you both want the relationship to work? Are you both putting forth a similar amount of effort or is one of you working harder than the other to hold things together? When one or both of the partners give up, it's going to be difficult to have a meaningful relationship. Keep in mind that there can be temporary or extenuating circumstances affecting the relationship like a change in employment status, home life adjustments, extended family relationships, budgetary changes, a shift in spiritual views, or interference from a third person. And these things can be temporary where one has to pull more of the weight for the relationship. Some people care enough about each other and their commitment to work through these trying circumstances, while others want to escape spiraling stress and ongoing challenges and call it quits. There's a classic view of love that one person in a relationship usually cares more than the other. There's Some people say there's the kisser and the kissed. And this balance of affection can change so that the other eventually feels stronger than the original partner who cared more at first. Sometimes both feel strong for a while, and then neither cares very much at all. Relationships go through these cycles of emotional imbalance, and many couples choose to weather their shifts of feeling to stay with each other as their relationship grows. But in the face of competing interests and responsibilities like college, career, family, and community, it may be just easy to call it quits and give up on the relationship. 
And when this happens, one or both partners may experience regret later on. On the other hand, the calling it quits may just be the right choice to prevent further complications or escalating issues. So you've got to use a lot of patient evaluation before you ditch the relationship. Now, here's another thing. Has one partner already left the relationship? Although a pretense of staying together as a couple may be present with occasional phone calls and dates, one of the partners may be spending less time with the other and be pursuing other hobbies or interests. Maybe one partner has grown bored or preoccupied with other concerns, or that one partner might be caught up with friends, activities, and lose interest in a one-to-one relationship. If one person just doesn't seem to care as much as before, it may be time to reevaluate where the relationship is headed and whether both parties are willing to put in the required effort to rekindle their former affection. Now, here's another sign that it might be time to call it quits. Are the partners pulling in opposite directions? Busy schedules, new friendships, community involvement, these things may come between the couple that had been focusing solely on each other up to that point. The drifting apart could signal the natural end of a relationship, at which point the couple may want to call it quits without further effort, or the couple may decide to renew their interest in each other to see if they can revive their relationship. So much depends on your commitment to the relationship and to each other. Each thing is a case-by-case situation. So has either person noticed intolerable traits in the other? This could be cause for calling it quits. The more you get to know someone, the better chance there is of seeing things you weren't aware of before that point, or these things didn't bother you before. Habits like smoking, drinking, overeating, sloppiness, sluggishness, TV watching, pets, or excessive computer involvement need not be problems in themselves, but if they bother the person you're involved with, the relationship could be in trouble. So getting someone to change or give up a long-standing activity or hobby isn't easy, and calling it quits may seem like the logical solution, particularly if the relationship has not gone on for long. But when it comes to breakups, couples fall into two distinct boats. The boat one, as I call it, is they stay when the relationship ceases to work because of a fear of being alone. And the fear of being alone is generally a symptom of having been abandoned, neglected, or rejected in childhood. So it's an abandonment old scar. And staying with a sinking ship can also be a sign of an unconscious need to keep replaying old scars in a futile attempt to fix a partner who emotionally resembles a parent who let you down or injured you. Now, boat two is those who are too quick to get divorced or break up. These couples act impulsively, and when the going gets tough, they get gone. And these couples risk repeating the same mistakes in their future relationships. So it's important for the boat two couples to slow it down, not make any decisions in the heat of the moment, and the breakup shouldn't be the expression of anger or revenge. You know you're ready for a divorce or a breakup when you can walk out the door with no anger, frustration, or hurt. Otherwise, you've got unfinished business. Unless and until you look each other in the eye feeling peace, no hatred or resentment, you're not ready to get a divorce or break up. A breakup should be a cool, rational decision that is arrived at after you have taken the time to fully assess yourself. You know, on Ask Dr. Love, I have Dr. Love's relationship toolkit that involves 
all the assessment tools you need to assess yourself, your old scars, and to assess your partner and his or her readiness for a relationship. There's um, a test called your personality profile that helps you look at your own issues and old scars that affect your ability to form and maintain a relationship. And then there's uh all kinds of tests for the partner's readiness and to look at your level of compatibility. Uh, those tests are, is your partner ready for a relationship? Are we compatible? Create a mate to see how closely your partner matches your ideal. So you shouldn't get a divorce or break up until you've turned over every stone and investigated every avenue of rehabilitation possible. Have you gotten help for your relationship? Have you exhausted all avenues of putting your marriage back together? That means everything from reading books or going to a couple's counselor to speaking to a clergy member and spending time focusing on you and your role in what's going on. So you need to ask yourself, what was our marriage or relationship like when it worked? When did it go wrong and why? And is what you're fighting about worth breaking up your relationship or marriage over? What do you want and what is it costing you to be in your relationship? And are you willing to put in the effort to make, make the relationship work? And most importantly, what are you doing to contaminate the relationship? So often when couples get into fights, they point the finger, they get a permanently stiff finger pointing this way about what's wrong with the other and what the other is doing or isn't doing. And it's really important when you're in trouble to point the finger back at yourself and saying, what am I doing to contribute to these relationship problems? So before breaking up, make sure you've researched, planned, and prepared yourself in every way, including legally. and. Make sure also that you're ready to adopt a new standard of behavior with your children, if you have any, and that you're willing to create a new relationship as co-parent. Because so often when people do decide to break up and they've got kids, they continue the same dysfunctional fighting tactics, and then the kids are the punching bag. So you need to allow this relationship, even if it ends up breaking up, to evolve for the sake of your offspring. And since relationships are your emotional healing and what I call your spiritual training ground, if you do decide to leave, make sure you realize what you've learned from each other and what you still need to learn and improve within yourself. Kiss Your Fights Goodbye helps you evaluate every aspect of how you're communicating in addition to what old scars are heeding those communications. And so you really want to perfect your ability to communicate and heal your old scars before you conclude unequivocally, we can't communicate with each other. Now here's another one. End it if you no longer look forward to spending time alone with your partner. So you may have a good sex life still, but you don't talk to your partner. You prefer to spend time with other people and avoid being alone together. That's a real telltale sign that it may be time to end it. Here's another one. You criticize or micromanage your partner. If you're always concerned with some aspect of your par partner's personality or appearance, don't look at them, look at yourself. People who are in love overlook minor annoyances and see the bigger picture. Or it could be a sign that you're trying to fix your parent, right? You chose someone who had these scars or flaws or warts because you unconsciously wish to change them. And if that is your old scar and that you're trying to fix an old scar from childhood, you really want to look at that because as you heal the old scar, you won't be so hell-bent on trying to fix or micromanage your partner. Now, here's another sign it may be time to say goodbye. 
in, and that is you compare your partner to others. When you love someone, you don't compare him or her to others. If you find yourself doing this, you need to reevaluate your relationship. Here's another telltale sign that it may be time to end it. And that is you try to change your partner. Often when we fall in love with people who don't suit us, we fall into the trap of constantly trying to change the other. And that may be a time to move on, but it also may be a sign of an old scar that needs healing. If you choose somebody who's limited or damaged the way your parent was, then it's a setup for you to try to fix or change your partner so that you can unconsciously feel like you heal the old scar that you brought into the relationship from your childhood's old scar into the present relationship. So you want to look at that and you want to heal your old scar, at which point you may not be as perturbed by your partner's traits, or you may find that you really don't wish to be with this partner anymore because he or she is a carbon copy of the parent who let you down. Here's another sign uh, that it's time to call it quits, and that is you just don't laugh anymore. Humor is something that all relationships need. And if you no longer find your partner's jokes funny or you can't have lighthearted conversations, it may be a sign that the relationship has really lost its zing or that the chronic conflict has eroded the core of the relationship. Here's another telltale sign that it's time to hit the road. You're doing all the giving or all the getting. Now, if you're the one who's doing all the getting, you're less likely to want to leave. I mean, you're being fed. It's easy. It's wonderful. But relationships are all about mutual benefit. If one partner is benefiting over the other, the relationship is unhealthy. And if you're the one who's receiving all the giving, you may not be willing to give up all the manna from heaven, but beware because your partner may eventually come to resent you and the imbalance and your relationship will crash. Now, here's another one. Oh, you know what? I realize we have to take a break. When we come back, I'll continue more with the signs that may be time to call it quits. I'll be back with you in a moment. Anasta. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love. And reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're talking about how to know when it's time to call it quits. And I'm running through a checklist for you of your telltale signs that it's time. The next one is called your friends no longer like being around you when you're with your partner. Your friends may like your partner, but they may not like the effect your partner has on you. So when a relationship's not right, your friends will tell you the truth and often are the first to see when a relationship is sour. Now, here's another one. You no longer feel good about yourself. Think about how it feels when you first fell in love with your partner. If this feeling is lacking, you may want to look at your relationship. 
Now, here's another subtle one. You've lost yourself. Many people involved in long-term relationships find that they have gotten, they've given up on their dreams, plans, and future to fit into somebody else's. You know, I'll never forget a patient that I had. This was decades ago. He, while he was dating his wife-to-be, went bungee jumping with her and he realized she was a klutz and that if they continued doing this hobby together, she was going to just die in an accident. So without talking to her, he gave up the hobby that he loved so much. And boy, did he resent her for it. He made the sacrifice, but he resented her. And eventually it got to the point of he wanted to divorce her. And it all they came to see me and it all came to a head that he made this sacrifice, lost himself and what he liked in order to save her and keep her safe. And we were able to work it through and he resumed his hobby. So Many people forget how to be self-sufficient and it creates a fear of loss and insecurity and that fuels the desire to keep unhealthy relationships together. You don't want to be losing yourself in order to keep a relationship. Now, here's another one. You may be staying because you're afraid to be alone. This is an old scar from childhood as well. If you were abandoned, rejected, or neglected, you're unconsciously clinging to this partner like a surrogate parent. If you've suffered physical or psychological abuse, financial exploitation, sexual abuse, or degradation from your partner past the point of damage to your, to, to the point of damage to your health and safety, you know you're in danger. And you're, if you're staying because you're afraid to be alone, this is really unhealthy. If, you're con if your partner constantly pressures you to do something you're not comfortable with, like being part of a dangerous or criminal activity, giving you harsh ultimatums and threatening statements that create pressure are all signs of a potentially dangerous relationship. Don't fall for the, if you really love me, you do this trick. Endless conflict or despair has taken over the major areas of couple functioning like communication, sex, finances, and emotional support, and you're staying because you don't want to be alone. Here's another sign that you need some help, right? Jealousy has become a major issue. A relationship is unhealthy if your partner tries to put restrictions on who you hang out with or talk to and when or for how long your partner is not in control of your social life, you are. And if your partner has in, been involved in long-term alcohol or drug abuse or addiction and can't or won't be, break free from that life um, or your partner's um, your children's lives have suffered because of it and you're not leaving, again, time to heal your old scar that's making you stick with such an unhealthy situation. Or if you are involved in long-term alcohol or drug addiction that you can't break free from, you aren't doing anyone any good by staying in the house. And also, if your relationship was based on superficial foundations that no longer work, like partying, shared hobbies, or sex without love, and you're ready to move beyond those things, well, you know it's time to call it quits. Now, how do you know it's time to work to save the relationship? Well, if 
you and your partner are operating under unfinished emotional business, those old scars from childhood that sink our relationship boats. If the old scar scars are fueling your hurt and anger, then your breakup isn't a clean break. So in a nutshell, when we first fall in love, we all have unconscious fantasies and expectations that our partners are going to fix the old scars that we carry from childhood. We all have these scars. And when the partners don't fix our old scars, disappointment runs deep and emotional sparks really fly. If you break up, you're going to take that old scar and your wounded self to the next relationship, and you're going to find yourself in the same miserable boat. So heal your old scars, and you may not feel so disappointed in your current partner. For example, I had a patient, uh, I'll call her Wendy. Her parents were neglectful. Her husband was very, very sad. And when he entered his own self-absorbed pit, because he had seasonal affective disorder and he would get a bit self-absorbed each winter, she emotionally regressed to her childhood and felt so sad and abandoned. And then she felt that he was the worst husband, that her life was horrible, forgetting all the times of the year when he's fine. And then she started planning the breakup. And when she realized that she was just remembering how sad and alone she felt as a child, and she separated the then from the now, she was able to see her husband for what he is, a loving husband, but a flawed human being. So you also want to stay in the relationship if there's a core foundation of similar values and beliefs that you both share, especially spiritual and moral values. You want to stick with the relationship if you still trust each other. You know your partner's on your side and have faith they will work with you for the greater good of your relationship or your family. You want to stick together if hard times have taken over suddenly without giving you time to find your center, like health problems, trauma, financial problems, addiction regressions, and depression. They can come on in an instant and make things look really dark. So give it a little time and let the smoke clear and try to be a friend to each other until that rough patch is over. You still want to consider sticking with the relationship if you're caught in a negative response cycle where negative behavior trig triggers more negative behavior. Break the cycle by gaining control of your own negative reactions. Call for a peace treaty and give your partner time to get a handle on his or her negative negativity. You want to consider sticking with this relationship if you have a tendency to run from commitment at the first sign of trouble. Take some time to cool down and work to become friends again. Commit to friendship. Remember what you used to be like as a couple and what you used to like in your partner. And act like you care. It's good for you to see if you can stick through the problems for once, no matter how it ends up. And stick with the relationship if you have drifted apart slowly and suddenly discover you're living with a stranger. This generally happens due to neglect. So work on it, talk, listen, and spend some time together and see if you can rekindle your love. And you want to get help if you are constantly guessing whether anything can be done to fix your relationship or don't know whether it's worth trying to fix. You want to get help if you and your partner have survived terrible hurts and are still wounded. It may be worth one last effort to heal. You want to 
get help if your partner's needs take priority over your needs and you find your energy getting sucked dry. If you're locked into a caretaking role, you need to explore why you accepted this role, how that fits with your early life and your old scars. And you want to figure all this out before you jump into another relationship. So it's also possible this relationship can be fixed. You know, sometimes people carry, kick the can down the road. They take the old scar into the next relationship and then they heal the old scar. So why not fix the old scar in the current relationship? Work together to heal your mutual old scars rather than create the upheaval and the dismantling of a relationship and bringing your kids, if you have any, through this kind of breakup. Fix it here and now. Misunderstandings that don't get worked out because you both are not really willing to listen and you have fixed judgments about each other require you to learn how to break the wall between you, look at your part and then see what's left to salvage or not. So these things really need to be worked through and you need to get help. Okay. Before making a final decision, don't take action. If you're hurt, you're scared, you're angry, or you're confused. It's not time to make life-changing decisions in a high emotional state. You have to make the decision to quit your relationship when you're in a calm frame of mind. Don't quit on impulse. And you have taken the time for serious consideration of all that I've just said. You know, sometimes I do some tweets to help you remember the essence of the show and its messages. So I'm going to give you some of these. It's, is it time to talk? Is it time to walk or just talk? Here's another one. Is lack of listening, which what's actually been missing? Living in happy matrimony is the ultimate antidote to alimony. <laughs> when your partner feels truly understood, he or she won't want to move to another neighborhood. When it comes to relationships, listening is the best medicine. Staying in your destructive relationship because you fear being alone is placing yourself in a dangerous zone. Is your relationship truly on the rocks or do your mouths need to be stuffed with socks? Meaning put a sock in it. Don't say everything. Only say what you know is going to be helpful. Is your relationship broken beyond repair or do you secretly continue to care? If you still feel a flicker of love, then don't be so quick to throw in the glove. Instead of knocking out each other's lights, use my listening skills to resolve most fights. If obtaining the upper hand is that for which you are vying, you will refine your relationship to be endlessly trying. <clears throat> when it comes to distressed relationships, hope springs infernal. When you're not committed to trying, your relationship is already dying. If your partner has decided to never look back, there is little hope of getting back on track. Beneath the embers of anger lies a forest fire of hurt. If you open your heart and truly hear your partner's pain, there's a good chance he or she will be willing to try again. Repeated violations of even just one relationship law are quite simply the final straw. All right, let's get to the first question I want to answer. It's entitled, Girl Doesn't Want a Relationship Yet? Question mark. Here's the question. 
A couple of months ago, I innocently asked a girl from my gym who had a boyfriend to go paddleboarding with me because she wanted to learn. Anyway, we got on really well and over the course of the week, kept meeting up alone to swim and paddleboard. Eventually, I told her I couldn't go on seeing her alone as I realized I like her. Surprisingly, she said she felt the same. Anyway, we kissed and ended up having sex. She then broke up with her boyfriend and moved a bit away to live with her parents. But I still see her regularly at the gym. We text every day for two months, but meet up less regularly. She is so busy at the moment and has a lot going on with her breakup, etc., as they had two houses to sort out. She's going to be moving to within five minutes away from me in a couple of weeks. The main issue I have is although we get on so well, she still wants it to be a secret. I'm seeing her. She still wants it to be a secret. I'm seeing her. So I haven't been able to tell anyone as we go to a CrossFit gym, everyone knows each other's business. But she definitely says she also doesn't want a relationship at the moment and wants to be by herself. Yet she stayed at my place last week. Again, we had sex. And the strange thing is she rings me every day, sometimes twice. She says because she's too busy to meet up at the moment, she just enjoys speaking to me. I really like this girl and obviously want her to be my girlfriend. So do I just carry on and wait it out or tell her to stop ringing me unless it's to meet up, but then I may lose her. Not sure how I should play this. Okay. So my red flag started flapping when I read your question. My first red flag was about why does she want your involvement to be a secret? And my first thought was that is she worried that her news would get back to her ex? And then I wondered if she'd actually ended it with her ex. Now, maybe these concerns of mine are wrong, but one thing is sure, she is not jumping in with both feet to be with you. Now, maybe she just has cold feet due to her failed relationship with the ex. She did say she doesn't want a relationship now. On the other hand, she reaches out to you every day and she enjoys speaking with you. Issuing her an ultimatum is going to push her away. I'm sure of that. Pushing her for more is going to backfire big time, as you suspect. When we push another person, the result is a doubling down of the other person's position or feelings. You know, Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuit order, said, when you want to influence another person, you should enter through his door, but have him leave through yours. So a similar concept is the old adage, if you can't beat him, join him. So my suggestion is to cool your jets and give her some room to develop a friendship with you. As you know, a solid friendship is the foundation of any good romantic relationship. So let her develop a sense of safety and trust in your friendship. Don't push her to see you and let her control the pacing of when you meet. And I also suggest you use a technique called joining. Now in joining, you embody the other person's feelings. When you quote unquote carry the other person's feelings, it makes it easier for the other person to ease up on his or her position. So in this case, she's got cold feet. So you would embody her reluctance to jump into a relationship. And to do this, you would wait for her to ask to meet. And if you see her, you don't have sex when you're together. 
And while you may be tempted to have sex, the intensification of her feelings with you for you will likely backfire and she'll pull back afterwards. So to complete the joining, when you see her, you'll be the one to voice her reluctance to enter a relationship by saying that you're scared to become deeply attached and involved in a relationship and hurt as a result. And for this relationship, you want to be friends for now. By joining her fear and not pushing her, her walls should come down and then she should be willing to move forward. While you're building the friendship, I suggest you use the time to find out more about her past relationship. Gently find out what went wrong. What does she see was her role in the relationship failure? What went wrong will provide clues as to what could go wrong in her relationship with you. What you want to look for is her level of insight into herself and whether she's willing to own her own part of the relationship failure. If she says that the, the breakup was all his fault, then you're going to need to be concerned that she may not take equal responsibility in any future relationship with you. The more you know, the better you're going to be able to evaluate her limitations and determine whether her cold feet are due only to the recent breakup or symptomatic of deeper problems that cause her to have relationship difficulties and a series of breakups. That you're also going to want to know more about is how many breakups she's had and whether there was a pattern in the breakups. Now, I always say you don't want to grill the other person because she's not a steak or he's not a steak. So you want to just gently pepper the conversation with interested questions as you're forming a picture on the psychological anatomy of the other person and determining his or her readiness to form a relationship. This is why I like people to take time before they jump in the sack, because once you jump in the sack, the hormones associated with sex cloud your brain and you're not able to make these very rational and clear-headed assessments. And an ounce of prevention is really worth a pound of cure. Breakups are horrible and I'd rather you avoid a breakup if you don't have to have one. Okay, so let's take a break. When we come back, I'll answer another question. And remember, when I ask the when I read these questions and I talk about my answers, keep all my answers in your memory bank because the human condition is rather universal and one day or another what I talk about will apply to you and then you can just pull up what I said from your memory bank and use what I said to help you. Be back in a moment. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. This is the time in the show when I'm answering the questions you submitted to me. And it's interesting because the questions very much relate 
to the show topic about how to know when it's time to call it quits. This question is, how do I deal with relationship anxiety? And here goes the question. I've been with my boyfriend for just over three years. First two, he was away at college and he's finally back home. But recently I've been more on edge. He's always had a mixed group of friends, but since coming back, I am just realizing how many female friends he has and how close they are. Just like how he is close to his male friends, but in my culture, it's not the norm. I have no worries about these friends or relationships. I have no worries about these friends. Our relationship is something known and respected, and he's never given me reason to doubt. But there's this one friend I can't shake off. She is beautiful and seems to enjoy Jim like he does. He follows her Finsta. I don't know what Finsta is. Um, oh, it must be Insta, and it's a typo. F, the F is a typo. He follows her Insta, and she does have a boyfriend herself who she loves a lot. She has not given me any reason to be on edge about her, but I can't stop. And I don't know why. I don't know whether it's because even three years in, I haven't met any of his close friends. I'm just uncomfortable with the thought of her. But since she's part of his friendship group, I don't want to be that girlfriend. I don't know what to do. Even seeing her name in their GC, GC? group chat. <laughs> I'm really being tested here. Even seeing her name in their group chat puts me in a bad mood and makes me upset. I know I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety. I have a history and not sure whether I'm being silly and making connections. What should I do? So you said you have a history of anxiety or a history of being jealous. I'm assuming you mean that you have a history of anxiety. And your anxiety has decided to latch onto this girl. It's true that something called free-floating anxiety can search for any place to park itself. Since you say he's never given you any reason to doubt his fidelity, then it would be easy to chalk your fear up to your own anxiety and leave it at that. But not so fast. On the other hand, you did say that after three years, you've never met his close friends. This fact is sufficient to fuel your anxiety. I prefer that you tackle this topic in a more oblique way. By this, I mean, rather than bringing up this particular woman, which could easily backfire by causing him to feel hurt that you don't trust him, why not gently inquire about meeting his friends in general? And I would preface the conversation by saying that behavior is a nonverbal communication that can be interpreted in many different interpreted in many different ways. And rather than guess and possibly guess wrong, you would like to understand what he is telling you about what he is telling you about something specific that is happening in your relationship. Now, when he gives you the green light, then say. You're referring to not having met his friends. Next, ask him what he thinks and feels about the topic. How does he want you to think and feel about this? And what is he telling you by not having you meet his friends? Then lean back and see what he says. I understand that you were thinking he's not serious about you if you haven't been introduced to his good friends. And I'm betting he's going to tell you that he didn't even know you wanted to meet his friends. And I feel confident that once he knows this is important to you, he will make the introductions. Also, I'm thinking now he was away 
And these friends have been his friends for a while. So maybe because he was away and his friends were near where he was, it wasn't easy for you to meet them. I don't know. But when you talk, you're going to find out. And once once you talk to him and um, he, I think, realizes that you want to meet his friends, I'm pretty confident that he, once he knows this, he'll make the introductions. And once you meet his friends, I'm pretty confident that you're going to feel more comfortable with him and your relationship, and then the worries about this other woman should fade away. Now, just as an, a side note regarding your uh, history of anxiety, um, the number one cause of anxiety, believe it or not, is low magnesium. Most all of us have low magnesium, and the way this, the low magnesium expresses itself depends on our genetic weaknesses or predispositions. If we have a predisposition to neurotransmitter imbalances, then we'll develop anxiety or depression. If we have other predispositions, let's say to gastric weakness, we might develop irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, colitis, or Crohn's. My point is, whenever you have a symptom like this and it's chronic, the first line of treatment should be the transdermal magnesium. It bypasses the digestion, goes right into the bloodstream and immediately begins raising your blood levels without causing the gastric disturbances that many people experience when they try to take a medicinal dose of magnesium through oral administration. If you go to AskDrLove.com, you're going to see I added a block on the homepage because people were not sure how to find the uh, electromagnesium. Now, the website Electro with a K, electromagnesium.com.au is the Australian website where you can get the full product line. The the block on my homepage at AskDrLove.com leads you to the Electra Amazon store, and they are adding products as we speak. But right now, what is in their uh, Amazon store is the strongest, purest, and most potent form of the Electra, which is the spritz oil. And when dealing with a problem like chronic anxiety, you want that strongest form the spritz oil, and you're going to want 21 sprays per day in three divided doses. And you will feel relief of anxiety immediately because magnesium is a central nervous system tranquilizer. And when you're low on magnesium, you start getting very stressed out. Okay. Now I'm going to hit another question. It's called worried wife. Dr. Love, here's my problem. Prior to my marriage, my husband had an open, had an a, my husband had an on-again, off-again relationship with his ex-girlfriend. Their initial breakup was at her request and a mutual let's sleep together on and off because we are familiar with each other relationship formed between them. They had two children in the committed portion of their relationship and one during the casual part. My husband has never denied his responsibilities as a father and continued to say, stay close to his children. Then we met and a month later we were married. It was so quick and took us and everyone else by surprise. And I'm happy to say that it's been three years of marital bliss with only one thing that keeps rearing its ugly head, his ex. Our marriage was a shock to her and I understand this, but it's been three years and when my husband visits his children, she makes comments that reflect that she still carries a torch for my husband. During our short engagement, my husband spent many hours on the phone and in person reassuring her that he had every intention of being a true father to his children, that it was over 
a long time ago and reminding her that she was the one that called it quits to the commitment. And she was the one that suggested that they see other people afterward, keeping things casual. Now she has placed herself on the cross, so to speak, mentioning the whoever she can, mentioning to whoever she can, how hard done by she is. Furthermore, she has taken it upon herself to badmouth me, whom she has not met, to the children, in effect ruining any chance I might have had in forming a positive relationship with them. She has also taken my husband to court in an effort to raise child support monies to ridiculous amounts. As of late, she has proven herself irrational. My husband phoned home from her house, inquiring if he needed to stop by the store on his way home and ended the call to me with a kiss and I love you. She started shouting names at my husband, shouting how he she never got any affection like that and carried it out onto the street as he tried to leave. I am at a loss and would appreciate any suggestions on how to deal with this. Thanks, worried wife. Wow. So I, first of all, I can't help but wonder if your husband is, without realizing it, provoking his ex-girlfriend's jealousy. I say this because the phone call that he made to you right in front of her was provocative. Now, he may have you know, been thinking that because she carries a torch for him, what, there's two ways to look at this. Because she's carrying a torch for him, why would he rub in her face the fact that he loves you and the only reason that i can come up with is that he actually is furious with her for her dumping him and so he's paying her back seeing her blow a gasket might give him some gratification and the only problem is you're receiving the fallout now it's also possible that he did this in order to put a line in the sand and make sure that she knows he's with you and he loves you so I would really like him to examine his behavior and honestly ask himself what reaction he wants to provoke in her, rage, jealousy. He needs also to own what feelings are driving his own behavior, bitterness, resentment, anger, or possibly feeling protective and proprietary about you and his relationship with you. Now, I come back to you know wondering if his ego was bruised when she ended the relationship. And by behaving in ways that provoke her to chase after him, he, his unconscious mind may be attempting to boost his ego. After all, having a woman crazy for you is an ego-boosting experience. So it's just a thought to examine and discard if it doesn't fit. And once he examines the feelings that are motivating his behavior, he'll have more conscious control over his actions. In other words, when a person is angry and doesn't know it, the anger is more likely to seep out in ways that he or she doesn't realize. And when he becomes clearer on his thoughts, feelings, and motivations, he'll be able to make a conscious decision on how he wishes to behave. And I, th I think the decision will come down to the following um, um, which does he want more to get his rocks off or to create peace and harmony in his world? If he wants to continue driving his ex up a wall, then he'll continue behaving in provocative ways. And if he's ready to stop sticking it to her, then he'll become discreet when it comes to displaying feelings for you in her presence. And that will sh surely help tone her down. And the same, at the same time, he has to also examine what else he may be saying or doing to provoke her jealous fury. If and when he decides that he wants to stop igniting his ex's fury, he will also need to examine how he encourages her fits. One really good way to encourage another person's behavior is to pay attention and respond. If he wants to curtail her fits, then he needs to walk away, say nothing, 
and or leave the room or the house whenever she goes nuts. And a last idea for help for helping to tone her down. I know he has tried to use logic, reminding her that she's the one who ended the relationship in order to calm her down. Trying to talk another person out of his or her feelings never works. Has he ever tried simply to listen and understand how she feels? Because often a person will keep singing the same tune and griping over and over again over the same issue because he or she still doesn't feel understood. And in many cases, feeling heard and understood is all that the person needs to resolve a particular issue. So remember, feelings aren't wrong or right, and they are often downright irrational. And if he decides to listen and understand her feelings, he shouldn't try to talk her out of them or reason them away from her. Now, I also suggest one other thing, that he not enter the house anymore when he picks up the kids, that he stay outside to set a boundary, let the kids come out to meet him. And I also suggest that he talk to the kids about you, and he explain that he should explain to them that um, this is a touchy situation. Mom still has feelings for me and uh, she's bad-mouthing my new wife. And I want my new wife to have a chance to have a relationship with you and for you to be able to experience her in your own right, not through the lens of mom's hurt, hurt feelings. So that is something he can also do to build a bridge to you. And I hope that everything that I've said has given you the tools that you need to help him do self-examination, give up possible provocative behaviors, listen and understand her pain, find a path forward with the kids and you. So I've really given you the roadmap for fixing this entire situation. Okay. So I really do love when you send me your questions. And I know many people have said to me when I invite you into the studio during the live stream, many people have said, I can't come in during the live stream because I'm working. So uh, when I post the answer to the question, also I post it online. Uh, if you have questions or comments or need further clarifications, feel free to reply to my posted answer. Or if you watch this live stream, and you don't read the actual written post, you can go back to the post and again, post a response or a question or a need for clarification from me where you see your question posted. All right, so today was a lot of, a lot of information. I always want to be here for you in the way that you need. So if there are particular topics you want me to cover, shoot me a contact at Ask Dr. Love. Tell me what subjects or topics or top of your your priority list. I love to hear feedback about the shows, what what uh, you felt, what worked for you, what you'd like to to know more about because I'm really here for you. This entire live stream and the website is a community service and I have been here for you for many decades and God willing I'll be here for you many decades more. So next week on the show I'm going to have a guest Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. She is a COVID-19 expert. She's going to talk about all the latest science and what we know now. She's really done a lot of research, and I hope you tune in for the live show. And that's all I have for you for now. So take it easy, and I'll see you next time. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Oh, 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 o